Hello, I am Pastor Mike along with my good friend Rick Saucedo, the author of books that have been published that I would say are quite intriguing. Uh, Rick here has actually written a book about uh, our pastor. Uh, it was a ghost writing. Is that right, Rick? Well, it kind of started off that way, but then as it progressed, he, um, he kind of moved being the generous man that he is, uh, moved towards a, a co-authoring. Well, that's good. So that's it's, good. It's kind yeah. of like a, uh, I, I figured the best thing to do because it's his story. So his right. name should be the one that appears. Sure. It was, uh, on the title page. It says, uh, as told to Richard Salcedo. Well, uh, he, he's the one that lived it. They, that's right. I don't know how, how you guys did it. However y'all did it, it, it worked out. It's one of the most captivating books that I've read in a long time. It's one of those, it's not a very long read, but uh, let me go ahead and give you the title of it for those of you that don't know. It's called He, Me, and My Donkeys, right? And, um, it's about our pastor's story and it's not a very long read, but it is a very good read. You could sit down and I think I finished it off in about maybe two hours, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and was able to retain a majority of it within that two hours. I've read it several times since then, but, but it's a great book. And I know you've written another one as well. Go ahead and tell me about the second one that you have out there, Uriah. The second one was just a, uh, a fictional historical fiction, uh, romance action novel on, uh, David Bathsheba and her husband, Uriah. He is in the Bible. Um, but he's like, uh, a little known, Right. Person in the Bible. Yeah, it doesn't dig very far into his life. Yeah. And, but I always thought, you know, what happened to him was your classic Greek tragedy. Yeah. You know, or your, your, your classic, uh, Shakespearean Romeo and Juliet, you know, forbidden love or, you know, love that couldn't be obtained. Yeah. You know, so what happened to him, uh, was just a travesty and I always thought it would make a good, um, emotionally, you know, uh, tragic Greek tragedy story. Yeah. And so that's I, that's how I wrote the novel. Well, I got to tell you guys, both of these are really good books, and I encourage you. Rick, where can somebody pick these up at? Oh, they're available at uh, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Okay. Pretty much, um, they should be available pretty much anywhere, even like Walmart.com. Oh, good. It's just um, you won't find them in bookstores. You can go to a bookstore and order it, and right. they'll have it shipped to the bookstore, but they won't stock it there. Okay. So should they search by the book, the name, the title, uh, by the author? How, how book, should they pull that up, brother? Probably their best bet would be author name and book title. Okay. Together. All right. Well, good deal. And of course, you could always contact us here at the River of Portland Church, and we'd be able to give you that information as well. Um, you feel free to call here, send an email, whatever you like to do, or check us out even at uh, www.theriveropportland.org, and you can message us through there as well. And I believe there's a link uh, that I have under that under uh, supporters um, with that as well that uh, Rick's book is, is shown there too. So anyway, but look, guys, we've got a great lesson, I believe, today. Um, it's entitled God's Love Language, and uh, I, I was thinking about uh, when I did this lesson, it was actually a lesson for Wednesday night, so it wasn't going to be very long. It was only going to be about 15 minutes, but uh, we're going to, we, we didn't end up doing it on a Wednesday night, uh, and that's okay. I'm glad we have the opportunity now to dig into it, but You know, the way this came about was I was sitting in my living room, and in my living room, if you're facing one wall, I've got two bookshelves. i got one on each side of the wall, and in the middle is kind of like an entertainment center with our television that I don't ever watch, but it's there. And on these books, my wife has her bookshelf, and then I have my bookshelf. And uh, I was sitting there, and I was looking at her bookshelf going through, and there's a book in there that's called The Five Love Languages. You ever heard this? 
So there's this book sitting there five, and then right beside it is women are from, our men are from Mars and women are from Venus, you know, and I was sitting here and I was thinking about love language, love language. And the thing that got me, I said, you know, uh, we need to talk more about God's love language. God's love language is really the most important love language that there is. And if we took that love language and adapted it to our own life uh, with us too, we wouldn't have to worry about all these books and so on and so forth to read about relationships because the ultimate base of a healthy relationship is love. Out of it, everything comes from it. Trust, uh, communication, all those things, right? Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk about God's love language today. And uh, really, God's love language is simply put as forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might wonder, what is a love language? Well, a language is how you express yourself with words, usually. I mean, there is sign language and things like that. So a language is the way you express yourself. Mm -hmm. So the way God expresses his love, a love language is the way you express your love. And one of the ways God expresses his love is through forgiveness. Mercy is, is a basic part of God's character. He desires to be merciful more than he desires to have to judge. But he will judge because he's a just God. Right. Yeah. And that's the whole deal. See, people often think they, they, th- they put God in, in two different categories when it comes to this. He's either overbearing and he's just a cruel God that holds everybody to this level of expectation that nobody can attain and that therefore everybody has got condemnation written on them and they're all going to burn in hell no matter what. Or we got the other side of it that God is love, which John does tell us that God is love. Mm-hmm. But then they go, oh, but that love is all-inclusive love. Like there is no ramification love. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, every, every, everything is okay because God loves you. Yeah, no matter what you do, you're going to go to heaven. That's exactly right. Because God loves you. That's exactly yeah. right. But that's not that's not the reality of it. Right. Um, you know, See those it? people, I would challenge them if they ever really studied the Bible uh, yeah. in its entirety. Yeah, well, that kind of thinking originates from Satan. That's right. He takes the word of God because God has revealed to us who he is. He's love and he's, you know, terrible judgment all rolled up into the same being. That's right. But Satan loves to take and twist the word of God and cause doubt and cause confusion. And that's why we have those two polar ends of what of who God really is. You're exactly right. And the thing about it with me is that if people would think about that, uh, you know, either love – you ever heard that expression, tough love, mm-hmm. right? As parents, we've done that quite mm-hmm. a bit. We, we have to do what's best for our child. And sometimes that is being tough love. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, disciplining when disciplining needs to be given or correction. Or, you know, and the, the, the other side of that is, is we do pat them on the back. And you've done a great job. And we love you and so on and so forth with that. But, but you know, all this comes down to the basis of, that God loves us. When we were created, we were created out of God's love for us. God wanted to create a relationship being with us. That's what it was all about. Yeah. He wanted to, he wanted to create us so we could experience his great love. That's right. And love him and choose to love him back. That's exactly right. And so when, and, and, you know, and without getting too deep down the theological rabbit hole here, you know, in the very beginning, you know, God knows, yes, he's omnipotent. He knows everything, right? But when God created us in, in or created Adam and Eve and in the Garden of Eden, you know, he enjoyed that. Obviously, he, he had walks with them. I mean, he, you know, he came to the garden. He, he fellowshiped and wanted to be with Adam and Eve and, and with no barriers in between, with nothing, you know, separating the two of them. 
and then Eve and Adam obviously failed the test, right? Mm-hmm. But that takes us down to, you know, all the way through to one of our favorite verses. And everybody knows this verse. Everybody hears it. Um, it it's, it's, matter of fact, I've got a license plate on my truck that says it. But, you know, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, mm-hmm. that whosoever believeth on him shall have everlasting life. I yeah. mean, this is, this is the premise for God's love. Mm-hmm. And, well, let's talk, since we're talking about God's love, let's, let's, define what love is okay yeah absolutely and um love there's three definitions for love strong affection or attraction uh the second one is warm attachment enthusiasm or devotion and the final one is unselfish loyal and benevolent concern for the well-being of others yeah now we humans are pretty good at the first two definitions Right. You know, strong affection or attraction. Talk to any teenager. Right. They'll be able to tell you they can, they got that one down. That's right. You know, they're, they're madly in love. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And if, if they can't, you know, experience that love, their, their whole life is ruined. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, and then, you know, we're also really good at warm attachment, enthusiasm, or devotion. You know, we love our pets. We love our friends. That's a good example. You know, we love sports. We love pizza. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking to me? You must be talking to me now. Yes. Okay. All right. Yep. So, so we're good at those two. It's the third one that we have is our biggest challenge, that unselfish, loyal, and benevolent concern for the well-being of others. Yeah. You know, these are the selfless people, the, the altruistic people, you know, where, where they're, they're able to, you know, put themselves in a position where they care about others more than than satisfying themselves right you know and and god encompasses all three of those definitions you know god encompasses the full definition of love which is why jesus said god is love right you know so if we can uh you know as we strive to be more like god you know we need to strive to be more unselfish and concerned about the well-being of others and that, 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 and listen, and that can be challenging. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Jesus, he demonstrated this when he, when he gave up his heavenly position. That's right. You know, that was, to, you can't get more selfless than that. That's right. And not only that, but he came to earth, took on human form and was tortured, suffered, suffered pain, you know, for, for sins he never committed. Yeah. Uh, and then ultimately died. A very painful death. That's right. You know, now how, how unselfish can you be for the well-being of others than that? And you know, and I think of Jesus with that too. There was two, two ways that love went. One way was towards us that you're right. All that pain and suffering and dying on the cross, you know, things that he did just for us that when he's going through it, you know, he's thinking he had to be when he was riding into Jerusalem, you know, that, that last week there, you know, knowing, seeing everybody laying down palms, right? Mm-hmm. And knowing that his, that the clock was ticking, you mm-hmm. know, that, that the day would be coming, that he'd be hung on a tree. So that side shows the love for us. But, you know, the other piece to that, too, is that Jesus did something for God. Mm-hmm. He loved God, his father, so much. Mm-hmm. Jesus was willing. He, too, gave up his immortality, mm-hmm. <laughs> become mortal, to die on the cross for us. Now, you, you get what I'm saying? In a human body, mm-hmm. all for God's will. Yeah. Because what did he say when he's hanging on the cross? Not my will, but thy will. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so uh, Jesus showed that love to everybody. Go ahead, Rick. I know yeah. you got something to say there. Buddy. Well, and, and uh, it, I'm reminded of when Jesus said there's no greater love than right. the, than to the lay down one's life. And that's exactly what he did. That's right. You know, he didn't need just talk the talk. He walked it. Yeah. 
He demonstrated it. And I think that's why the Bible tells us that, you know, it says that how are we, how can you love God if you don't love others, right? Right. I mean, so, and that's, that's the same thing Jesus had. Jesus loved God so much as well. His father, he loved it and he loved us so much. There's a, an equal balance between the two mm-hmm. that I almost kind of go hand in hand because you've never seen God. So how can you love God, who you've never seen, if you can't love your brother, who you may see every day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you can't love them in a selfless, benevolent way for their well-being. That's right. That's right. So all this to say that, you know, this is a very long intro with all this, but all this to say that this is what brings us to the point of God's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Because, see, we didn't have to have forgiveness beforehand. When we were in the Garden of Eden, everything was perfect. We were we were one. We, we Nothing divided us between God. But the moment sin entered in, now God's love language for us changed. Mm-hmm. And it changed from, from saying that everything was set up, created. Now there had to be a way for him to reconcile back together with us. And immediately it went to forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's what really what we're going to get into and talk about today uh, okay. in depth. And we're going to look at a couple well, of things. Go ahead, brother. Let's, uh, now that we brought up forgiveness, let's look at what that definition is. And there's really, there's two kinds of forgiveness. Um, the first one is human forgiveness. And this is a decision to release feelings and resentment and anger toward an offender, thus giving you peace over the matter. It doesn't involve forgetting or condoning the offense nor reconciling with the offender. That's big right there. Yeah. Um, you know, oftentimes we think forgiveness and forgetfulness have to be hand in hand, but that's not really true. Um, forgiveness for us is a decision base. Yeah. It's just making a, deci- a decided choice. Yes, to release that hate and bitterness towards right. being offended. That's right. You know? And it's a little different because our forgiveness is really not for the other person. It's for us. It's for us. Yeah. So that human forgiveness, when we are forgiving others, it's not because we're releasing them from something. Yeah. We're really releasing us from something right. when we forgive them. Yeah, we're releasing us from the poison of their wicked acts. That's right. Because we could let that poison fester in us and just eat up our soul. That that hate would turn. I mean, it would turn mm-hmm. your heart black. And then mm-hmm. after that, you'd get hardened. Uh, you know, the Bible calls it a hardened heart. Yeah. You know, and you just get, every time you see him, you know, you, <laughs> arr, you yeah. know, bite your, bite your lip and, you know, yeah. try, try not to speak your mind or, or let your face show what your mind is thinking. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean, like you said, that you forget. Because right. why put yourself back in a position to be taken advantage of again or Absolutely. wounded again? That's right. You know, so now if they honest, you know, they'll have to earn your trust and that occurs over time in degrees. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if they repent and they turn a, a new leaf, great. Yep. You know, take them back, forget. That's right. You know, be reconciled. But if they don't, you know, if there's no repentance there, you know, don't foolishly you know, I forgive you, therefore I trust you 100% and, you know, yeah. wound me again. Right. Yeah, you don't want to put yourself in that situation. You know, there was a pastor sent out a message this morning, um, and it talked about wisdom and um, experience. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it, you don't know what I'm saying, but let me, let me tell you what I'm saying. <laughs> so he, he, the message that he sent out today was about, you know, wisdom is learning from other people's experiences and mistakes, right? And not repeating them or causing them. And then there's another kind of knowledge there that comes about where, you know, the the school of hard knocks where you go mm-hmm. through it and do it, right? But the whole point is is not to make the same mistake over and over and over and over and over again. Now I'm talking about this with people. 
Mm-hmm. You you put your trust into somebody who's got a history of letting you down continually. Well, maybe you need to not hang around with that goofy individual mm-hmm. anymore. Forgive them, but then grow from that and say, hey, look, you know, I, I, let me separate. And oftentimes we don't do that. Oftentimes we're glutton for punishment. We just come back over and over and over again. And I'm not saying that it's not a choice to forgive, but what I'm saying is, is that we justify our means. And let me put it to you. And I'm thinking about, you know, back before um, in my wilder days when I would have a, a buddy who I partied with a lot or what have you. And, uh, you know, he would um, he would stab me in the back or something like that. Right. And then instead of just learning from that, I just went back again over and over and over again, you know, mm-hmm. hanging out with him. And finally, eventually, uh, his character, you know, wait a sec, maybe this isn't who I need to be affiliating with. Mm-hmm. And so I forgave them. And the same thing, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm rambling, please forgive me here, but, um, my stepfather was extremely abusive. Um, I mean, really, really abusive, but I can honestly say today that I forgive him. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know that he's in heaven. Um, I don't, but, but Lord knows I pray he's not in hell. Um, but I forgive him. Now that doesn't mean that I've forgotten what had happened. I actually use those things to my advantage. Now mm-hmm. uh, I look at how I, I talk and interact with my kids and I'm very mindful of those kind of things. And it mm-hmm. made me stronger individual. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just went on a long tangent about yeah. human forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said that human forgiveness is for us. Yeah. It's to keep self healthy. That's right. Um, now, the God forgiveness involves forgetting and reconciling with the offender because the punishment has already been endured by Jesus as our substitute. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what, Rick, I, I, I hate to say it, but I think this is a good stopping point for today. Um, next time we get back into this, we'll pick right back up where we left off here with God's forgiveness. And, um, folks, listen, d- don't miss out on this uh, because I believe it's going to t- you're going to take away something that everybody deals with unforgiveness in their life so so join us tune in next time where i think you'll get more of this and uh and until then rick Uh, we thank you for listening in and prepare your heart for the coming revival amen